Welcome to the fifth episode of 10th Region Weekly. Alongside me is Evan Dennison, and want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas. We took the week off last week uh, to celebrate with our families, and also want to wish everybody a Happy New Year. And um, Evan, the uh, 10th Region finished kind of strong last week in all the Christmas tournaments, and uh, you know we're going to talk about that. We're going to preview the All A, which is coming up next week, and and then of course we're going to give our updated rankings towards the end of the show tonight. But um, you know, one of the uh, big tournaments that, you know, statewide that really impacted the 10th region was that White McGreer in Lexington and had three teams participate, uh, Mason, Bracken, and Campbell. And I'd say uh, just from uh, my perspective, I'd say the game of the tournament, you know, for our podcast sake was the first round game between Mason and Bracken. Oh, yeah. They had it all. I mean, it, it – uh... Certainly didn't disappoint. It was a packed gym all the way to the ceiling. Uh, the atmosphere was great. The emotions were flying, and it came down to a final possession. What, what more can you ask for? How smart was uh, Lexington Catholic to make that game happen? Yeah, and, I, and believe it or not, um, that was supposed to be the nightcap to North Laurel and Campbell, but Lyon County had something with travel issues, so their game had to get bumped to the 7 p.m. slot, where North Laurel played at 5.30. You could start feeling the crowd coming in, North Laurel taking on Campbell County. And then uh, that 7 o'clock game, man, whew, I felt bad for the statistician because Lyon County played Holy Cross, and that game was just bonkers in terms of pace. And that's another thing we could talk about on, you know, this show or a separate show, just – you know, Reed Shepard, Jacob Meyer, Blake Reed, that's about 10,000 points there with three kids and all three phenomenal individual players. And um, But, yeah, the Mason-Brighton County game, I was in Gatlinburg with my team, so I streamed and watched it, and it was um, well worth the $15 I gave prep spend to watch, which I thought was a little steep, but I wasn't going to miss it. Um, couldn't be there, but um, it was just like, like you said, it had everything, and it felt like a district tournament atmosphere. And, you know, maybe a game we see here in a month or so, a couple months. But, uh, you know, Mason County, they're just – I don't know if – you know, when you've won 33 straight, you know, I feel like over an opponent, you know, seems like plays happen in your favor. And I thought, you know, that happened the other night. Bracken County had a late lead. Um, I think a two-possession lead and then missed the front end of a bonus and – all of those could have been, you know, just steps to help close out that game. But um, Mason County, you know, in all honesty, found a way to win. And and if you remember, because I think we talked about this last year, that last play out of bounds that Brian Kirk set up, did that remind you of uh, Jerome Morton getting yeah. the ball to free the line against Campbell County and going, you know, Terrell got it, going strong to his left hand and made a nice little pull-up floater. And um, Ter Terrell Henry really don't get talked about enough of what kind of player he really is. Yeah, I mean, an all-around player, and I, without Terrell, they don't win that game. I mean, I think you can say that for a lot of the Mason County games. It's just so much that he does that even sometimes doesn't even get noticed. You know, he's he's going down there. He's, it, it, I mean, he he wants to guard the opponent's best player. He'll bring the ball up the floor to alleviate pressure. He's obviously an elite rebounder, and um, you know the way he can kind of score in a variety of ways, too, just just makes him really stand out. Um, you know, you're right, though. I mean, a, a four-point game, four- or five-point lead with, you know, about two minutes to play, 
Bracken County's feeling good about themselves. Blake Reed, I think, hit the three to put them up four with two and change left. I don't know the exact amount. But uh, just couldn't close the door from there. And credit to Mason County for making the plays down the stretch. And, you know, what a game from Blake Reed. Had 47 of their 60, what, 63 in the game. So I'll look. I'm not 100% sure of yeah, the final 40, four, but I got 40, it pulled up right here. 47. Yeah, 65, 63. And he, you know, cleared the 3,000 point marker in the game. And they just needed something somewhere else. You know, they got 47 from Blake, 14 from Caden. And that leaves you only two points elsewhere. Devontae Jefferson fouled out in the third quarter. Chase Archibald 0 for 3 from the field. Um, just And that's a game you could tell they really missed Jashad Commodore, you know, who's out for the season with an injury. And they, they just needed that. Uh, they needed someone else in that game to, to really kind of step up for them. And, I, you know, I think that could be a, a theme for them as the season goes on, like, you know, is Blake going to have to score forty plus for them to 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 compete and win against the elite teams? You know, Caden's going to do his thing, obviously, on the all around game of points, rebounds, assists, steals, whatever else. Not, but who's that next guy that's going to step up? And you know, I'm, I'm not always saying that was Deshaun back then. I mean, you know, Devontae Jefferson's had his moments. You know, Chase Archibald showed what he's capable of early in the season and back at Augusta. Uh, Austin Norton, a glue guy. He's, I think he's like the Draymond Green of that team, you know. Um, but where else are they going to get that contribution? Because to beat the elite teams, the top-tier teams in the region, the top-tier teams across the state, it's got to be a complete full-team effort, and it can't be, you know, just two, two, two guys doing it. And I think we've said that a couple times on this show, is somebody's going to step up and be that that third consistent offensive producer um you know Blake and Caden are gonna do it um I agree they missed Jashad and where I think they missed him most was just his toughness to go up and grab a rebound I thought Mason County got several offensive rebounds between Terrell Riley and Phillip Bearley you know those three guys are just always around the glass and um but you know the one thing I remember thinking as watching it was Coach Kirk had a game plan to not let Chase get many looks and and, you know, only getting three field goal attempts, um, I'd say that was part of the game plan was to not let him get comfortable behind the line because, like, against Ashland, you know, I think he had 25 or so. And, you know, Chase is one of those guys who you creating that shot and let him spot up, he can knock it down. And um, just a week before in the Pikeville tournament, I watched a game where Devontae, you know, had a really good game. So um, I think Chase and Devontae are both capable of being that, that third person to help Blake and Caden, but you know, nobody's really stuck out to do it consistently. And like you said, if they're going to beat Mason County in the district, or if they're going to, you know, make another run at the region, somebody else is going to have to step up. Yeah. I can't leave out KG Walton, his second half that he had huge buckets down the stretch. Yeah. You see that layup he made. Yeah. He was falling down and just flipped it up and it went like it had so much spin on it. Yeah. So he had a huge second half for them, um, and they had four players in double figures, which has kind of been their mo this year. You know, between Terrell Henry, Riley Maston, KG Walton, and it was Philip Beerley um, this time around. Where, you know, Brendan Hamilton only had two points in that contest, and you know, struggled a little bit. But that's been their theme is just the balance that they get, and then you know, Terrell, you know, coming through in the clutch. And I've seen that guy do it on the basketball court so many number of times, and also do it on the football field. So 
a heck of a game, you know, a good uh, 10th region, you know, 39th district battle. And hopefully one we'll get to see again come uh, come late February, uh, early March. Also, uh, like I know you mentioned Blake and surpassing the 3,000 on that first bucket there in the third quarter, the end one, got him above the threshold. And um, so congrats to Blake. Um, you know, with the many games he got left this year and a whole nother season, you know, I look for him to eclipse 4,000 and, That'll be a phenomenal high school career. But let's finish on. We'll go with Mason County first. And they went on and um, the very next night beat a Madison Central team that just kind of demolished the number one team in the state by most rankings in Warren Central. So Mason was able to put together back-to-back nights after coming off that emotional win against Bracken and then beat Madison Central 50-40. to 40. 50 to 44. And I thought that win was probably as, as impressive as a win they've had all year, considering yeah. the circumstances after they had beat Warren Central. Yeah. I mean, I, I probably put it up there with the Lyon County win, the second game of the season. Um, and I, I thought the Butler win that they had at the MCIT was impressive, but that one was at home. So I guess, you know, being at a, a neutral site, yeah. I mean, I, I'd say that Madison Central win where they just grinded it out and, um, you know, found a way again. Um, looks like they kind of pulled away there in the second half, held on, and um, again got some got some solid contributions uh, up and down the board. Um, Bradley Hamilton had twelve that night, so he kind of helped carry the load because Beerley and Walton only combined for three and two total. So, well, and um, Hamilton struggled against Bracken, couldn't get anything to right. fall. So, I mean, that's a good bounce back game for Braylon. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, again, just a case of them finding guys, putting them in the right spots, and an impressive way to get to the to the semifinals where, you know, they came up a little short to North Oldham, who is a really good basketball team. I mean, you know, you can't really forget what they were able to do last year. They made the state quarterfinals. They were really close to making the Final Four, and they returned the majority of that that lineup. So, North Oldham ended up, you know, getting to the final and losing to Lexcath, but – you know, how about that game the next night for Mason County? I mean, it, you know, the fourth game in four nights, and, you know, Lyon County did the same thing, and Lyon County gets revenge in double overtime, 92 to 85. And um, I don't know any specifics of that game, but somebody said Mason was up 16 at one point in that game against Lyon County. Yeah, in the first half they were, and I believe they were up nine in the fourth. Um, and then, you know, that's the thing with the Lions, though, man. They, phew, God, that, that team is relentless. You, you, there's no deficit that's safe with them or you know snow lead that's safe with them uh, the three that they hit that jack reddick kid it was probably about a 25 26 footer to tie it with under a minute to go so that got a two overtime and then you know they ended up prevailing in double ot but looked like a classic game and you know a, a really efficient night for mason county that night i mean they shot 58 percent from the field hit eight of 18 from three Got five players in double figures. Carter McClanahan had a career-high 17 points, a huge night for him. And um, just a, a good tournament for them. I mean, we're all, I mean, they went two and two, but they played, you know, three or four of the top 20, 25 teams in the state and, and showed that they where they belong. Well, and um, I was going to say, you know, you kind of took that out with the, you know, competition, North Oldham. I think they're currently like 11 and five and then Lyon County has been a top 10 team in the state most of the year, but you know, just Brian Kirk over a four day span have to try to game plan to stop Blake Reed and Travis Perry. 
that those two guys can give an opposing coach um, sleepless nights. But um, Bracken County um, lost their first game to Mason County, and they went on to lose the next two to uh, Holy Cross and um, uh, Campbell County, another 10th region team. But, you know, I think you texted me after that Bracken Holy Cross game because I asked you to give me an update, and you mentioned that their backcourt scored like 70 combined points or something between – Jacob Meyer and um, I don't remember the other kid's name. Javier Ward. Ward, yeah. They yeah, had they like 40 some and 30 some. Yeah, 73, 42 and 31. You got a backcourt that can put up 70. You're going to win a lot of games. And, um, but, you know, I'm sure the uh, game against Mays County took a lot out of Bracken County emotionally, physically, uh, mentally. And then after that game, they get Campbell County on the third day up there and, uh, Campbell County, it doesn't, you know, I don't, I didn't get to watch that game obviously because we were playing, but by the final score, 95 72, I'm not so sure Bryan County was ever in that game. I don't know. No, the, Camels, the Camels came out hot and I, I think they led by about 20, 24 or 26 at one point. It was like 36 to 10 or something like that. Bracken fought, I think they got within 10 or 12, um, maybe second, third quarter, but it just seemed just too much of a deficit to overcome. And, uh, you know, Campbell was just – they were hot that game. I think they were a little mad from the day before. They had led Christian Academy a little the whole game and ended up letting one slip away at the end against them. And, you know, they were able to salvage a win um, in that final game against Bracken where they hit 12-3, shot 54%. And Aiden Hamilton really had a great tournament. He had like 80 82, 84 points in those three games. and Wow. There was there was times when they were playing North Laurel, I thought he was the best player on the court. And that, you know, you know who North Laurel has. Right. And to be honest with you, that uh, I'm happy for Aiden considering the injuries he's had and had to overcome. And uh, it's good to see him having a, a good senior season. And um, But, you know, the funny thing about Campbell and Bracken playing on the 29th is they're, all, they're also going to play tomorrow. Um, yeah. I, I think it's at – it's at Campbell County because they played last year at Bracken County. So, I guess that game right there will be uh, just kind of, you know, both teams get a little bit of a break and both teams uh, kind of be fresh after three or four games in three or four days. So, that'll be one of the games to look forward to. And we didn't mention, but Mason County's playing um, tonight here in a few minutes in the 2A. They got Rowan County. So, um, you know, Mason County back in action tonight in the 2A. But – um you know, I thought all 10th region teams had a very good showing down there in Lexington. I know Bracken's record was 0-3, but three good opponents. And that game against Mason County was probably one of the more entertaining high school games that I've watched, you know, in a while. I thought, you know, both teams gave knockout punches and both teams, you know, took the punches and gave one of their own. But um, it was uh, – I don't know. It was That's one of the premier Christmas tournaments in the – state and it's one that i'd like to get up and get a chance to watch so hopefully next year that you know that works i'm at the schedule a christmas tournament around that tournament because it's got some of the best uh you know best teams and it's just so while, you know while we're at it while we're at it what happens if these two draw each other i'm gonna be excited i'll be front row joe at the field house as long as i'm not playing long live the draw Hey, I've always said if you're going to be the best, you might as well beat the best. Beat them in the first round. Yeah. Makes that championship game a lot easier. I but mean, they'll be doing Augusta. They'll be doing cartwheels in Augusta, too. That's for sure. I can tell you this. 
if anybody out there tells you that a championship game of any tournament is easy, they've never coached because there's right. not a one of them that's easy. But right. um, let's move on. Um, GRC, um, they're kind of in unfamiliar territory since uh, for the last few years. Um, I know we didn't get a chance to talk about the King of the Bluegrass, but because um, that was kind of before Christmas and we took a week off for Christmas. But, um, you know, they lost two games at the King of the Bluegrass to Great Crossing, who, you know, Great Crossing is a top five team in the state, in my opinion. Or I know sometimes they don't play like it or haven't played like it, but in my opinion, they got all the talent in the world size. You know, Vince Dawson, then they got Marino, and I think they got another kid that's really good size. But um, the next night was the one that kind of surprised me at Fairdale was losing to LaRue County. I think they had a lead and lost it late. Um, but, you know, they then they go down to Myrtle Beach and go one and two. So um, they've lost four out of their last five, but I don't think for any stretch of the imagination that the people in Winchester need to hit the panic button just yet. It's been forever since they've lost the 10th region game. So people in Winchester can calm down. There's no need to no need to panic. But um, losing four out of five, um, they're going to bounce back tomorrow against Paris in a district matchup. So, um, yeah. What what was the uh, famous words of – I think it was Aaron Rodgers one year. They started 0-3, the Packers did, or something like that. And, you know, they're grilling him at the post-game press conference, and he says, all right, guys. R E L A X, relax, <laughs> and that's that's kind of what I'm picturing here with G, with GRC. I mean, like you said, a, a a good, great crossing team, a top five team in the state. Yeah, maybe they laid a a dud against Larue County, but you know, down in down at Myrtle Beach at the Beach Ball Classic, Dorman's the number one team in South Carolina. Tampa Catholic out of Tampa, Florida, is a, a prestigious program. They've won a state title before. They're always there in the conversation in, in their class in Florida. So I'll go out on a limb and say it now. I think GRC runs the table the rest of the regular season and into district and then through region. They go to Rupp on like a 20-game winning streak. You heard it here. Wow. Um, do you know That's that they just – crossing. They got, they got great crossing on uh, Thursday at home. Yeah, but it's at Winchester. It is. That makes a little bit of a difference. Um, the only hiccups I, – I mean, I don't really see any hiccups. I – I don't know much about DuPont Manual. I know they have added them on the 21st of January to their schedule. Um, but it's at Win it's at Winchester. I see here they got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven home games the rest of the way. Um, I don't think your prediction is too far off base. I um but what I will say this, I've heard people talk on Twitter, you know, for they've lost four out of five and you know, people want to drop them from the number one spot in the 10th. And, you know, they're still going to be my number one in the 10th until somebody in the 10th beats them. I don't care what RPI says. RPI's got them ranked third in the region at a 59. Um, and that that tells me that they don't take into consideration the quality of opponents that they had that were out of state. Um, it doesn't factor into that RPI right. calculation. All they're factoring in is a 7-4 record and, you know, They've got Harrison County and Mason County ahead of an RPI. No disrespect to those two schools because they're both off to 10 and 2 starts. But until somebody in the 10th region beats um, GRC, they're still my number one team. If Mason would have won the Lexcat tourney, I would probably have put them number one. Or if they would have beat North Oldham and then lost a tight game to Lexcat, I maybe would have considered it. But yeah, I'm sorry. I, I can't take GRC from that top spot yet. And, uh, 
you know, just from what I've seen in their losses, which was also pretty neat. I um I actually texted Josh Cook this morning because that the beach ball classic in Myrtle Beach, it had a shot clock. So they they experimented with that and he said he really liked it. You know, he said they were behind in most of the games, so it really forced the other team to still play and you know, have to execute on that side of the court and not, you know, maybe sit on it like they would maybe normally would longer than longer. But he did say it was a little bit of an adjustment. So, you know, I, I think that was pretty interesting how how they, they had to kind of, you know, play with that. But I think their style of basketball, it, it probably doesn't affect or alter too much of what they want to do because they got guys that can score at will if the clock's running down at, you know, six to eight seconds that can, you know, score off the dribble and penetrate. But – uh they did have some struggles, you know. They, I just feel like Morton at, at times, Jerome Morton, um, maybe just is kind of deferring to others, and you know he's done that over the years, and it's really worked out for them. But maybe at times this year, maybe just try and go be more dominant. Um, because he's averaging eighteen a game, which isn't bad, but you know maybe or nineteen a game, but maybe go get thirty, you know, if you really have to for your team or or whatnot. So. I saw some of the stat sheets and just it seemed like, you know, there were he there was others getting more shots than he was. And I know he's a very unselfish player and and I'm sure that's fine with him, but I think he's their best offensive threat night in, night out. Yeah, and I'd say sometimes, you know, that one thing a lot of people don't realize, you know, from a coaching standpoint, you know, I know it, you probably know it from a media, but you know. The you know him being so unselfish, you know he is going to be the focal point of every opponent's game defensive game plan. And Jerome isn't the type, you know. For example, you know these three teams he played out of state. I would say that they put their best defender on Jerome every night, and he's not the type that's going to force a whole lot. And with the offensive weapons that he has around him, you can't. I can't say you blame him. Trent Edwards, Sam Parrish, um, Hampton can fill it up from the perimeter. So. Um, but, yeah, um, I don't even know if, you know, Mason County would have won it if I would have dropped them just for the simple fact that I can't tell you the last time that GRC's lost to a 10th region opponent. Now, do I feel like maybe, you know, Mason County, the way they've played and as well as they've played, do I feel like the gap maybe, you know, has shrunk? Yeah, maybe so. But um, until somebody beats them in region, I just have a hard time taking them off that line. Yeah, I think it was it was Mason County in 2020 at the Fieldhouse was the last time they lost. Was that in the regional tournament or was that like no. a regular season? Regular season game. So it's, all right. It's been, speaking of yeah. speaking of uh, another 10 and two team, Coach Terrence Brooks's Harrison County Breds. Uh, you know they had a um, they went down to the Marshall County Hoop Fest, which is uh, not an easy. Not an easy place to play, you know, for one, the drive, for two, the quality of competition. And they come out of there two and one, uh, beating Camden Central out of Tennessee and beating uh, Deltona, Florida. Um, on the last day in between there was a loss to uh, home Marshall County, but that's a 46-36 game. Um, and Marshall County, I would say, is probably, you know, one number one in the first. No, maybe McCracken County. Um, but they're eleven and three. McCracken's twelve and zero. So that's a game that I wish Mason would have got to play at the MCIT. What the, I wish Mother Nature would have stayed away. I'd like to see Mason McCracken. And a disclaimer on that: the Marshall County Caden Custer didn't play. He's he's, Again, he's missed the last two games with a dislocated toe, I believe. So, ooh, 
Yeah, he's missed so, those two, and they it, it kind of worked out for them because you know they played that game on December twenty first and twenty second without him, and here they go. Now they don't play again until January fifth, so it gave them you know a full two weeks, and you know hopefully he's back. Um, so you're and, telling me Caden did not play against Marshall County? No, mm-mm. no, lost by ten. That's a good game. Yeah, I mean forty six thirty six, and you know they won the next day against Deltona, so. You know they're they're playing really good ball and they're just defending at a really really high level. Um, with, well, JD Kendall has had a great start to this the year too. I watched him over at the ninth uh, tenth challenge, and you know you can tell he's a coach's kid because you know his basketball IQ is really high. He makes smart plays and he's knocking down perimeter shots and and I think they're getting a little bit more production out of Will Furnish this year. You know mm-hmm. I think he's starting to be a little bit more effective around the basket. And he's always been one that could alter shots, but I think he's also getting a little bit more mobile. He's he's a lot stronger, it appears, like he's filled out. And, you know, and anybody that big can definitely wreak havoc on, you know, shots in the interior. Yeah, and, I mean, they're allowing under 50 points a game at 49.5. So, if that tells you how, how locked in they are defensively. Yeah, because, I mean, wow. Yeah, that's, that's Terrence's style, man. I mean, you got you got to buy into Coach Brooks's defensive side, or you're not gonna play. So, and it seems, like it seems to me team. like it seems to me ten and two that he's finally got a group that's fully bought in from top to bottom, and not those one or two guys that are all about themselves. And you know, the I mean, one thing you know about Coach Brooks, he doesn't. You know, if you ain't all about the team, you're not doing it his way. You're probably not gonna play. It's his third year with them, and you know that forty nine point five a game they allow is, is good for sixth in the state. So, well, they um, I think it is on a Thursday they go to Scott, and yeah. um, I know Scott went zero and two in their Scott Winter Classic kind of before Christmas, but I did check um, Scott earlier today in their last game against St. Henry where they lost. Um, I think it was um, which one was it? Braden Howe played, but Hunter's still out. So yeah, Hunter's out till mid January because I was there at the Scott Winter Classic for a day. And okay, they're they're thinking, you know, they're hoping around mid January, mid to late January for him. Well, to they come got Brossard on the twentieth, so hopefully. yeah, they're hoping for that game. That, that, that's what they were they were kind of shooting for, hoping he would be back by then. Because that's a district matchup that could determine seating and yeah. And Braden Howe came back this week. He played in the Dixie Heights game and the St. Henry game, so they got him back and. uh you know they've they 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 need some good news because they've lost now five in a row and off to it looks like a, a three and ten start to the season and you know they they get a lot of tenth region tests here in the next few weeks uh, starting with Harrison on Thursday and then they follow it up with Pendleton the next night. Yeah, both of those games are at home, so um, we'll see. Uh, you know, I still don't know if we're going to see the best version of Scott until they get Hunter back. Um, but all these guys get minutes now that, you know, that are, you know, kind of making up for Hunter, that it's just going to make them better because they're getting experience in game. And that's something that you can't teach in practice, or it's kind of something that, you know, that's invaluable that these guys are getting chances to prove what they can do in a competitive situation. So, um, you know, um, Scott three and 10, but I'm not so hundred percent sure that, you know, that's indicative of the type of team that they are or can be. If you look at their strength of schedule, you know, they've played some tough teams. So, 
Um, hopefully, Coach Fro getting Hunter back here mid-January and go on a run, you know, before the postseason. That's I'd like to see Scott get back up there to their competitive, you know, like they were a few years ago. Yeah, and I mean they're they're almost virtually locked into that two-three game um, unless they can you know, find a them way and Brosser. Yeah, unless they can unless find one a way to, to beat. knock off Campbell. Well, yeah, I mean Brosser already lost to him, and then you know they would they would I mean Scott's going to know their fate come. January twentieth when they play Brossert, and then uh, the twenty seventh when they play Campbell. Uh, they've already beat Calvary Christian, so you know they beat Brossert. Then uh, that sets up a January twenty seventh game with Campbell for the number one seed. And that'll be that'll be an exciting one. That district's always really competitive. So, um, but um, the other you know team in the region that played kind of pre and post tournaments Montgomery County they had their own um gateway holiday classic where they went two and one they lost and I think as a championship game they lost to Frederick Douglas and then post Christmas they went to Monticello and at Wayne County and played in their Monticello Bank Classic and um they also went two and one there so um you see coach Bentley's uh Indians a nine and four this year kind of a uh Turnaround from last year, which we kind of – I think we talked about and kind of expected that for the simple fact that, you know, how young they were last year and kind of virtually getting most of their team back. And it seems like uh, they've turned it around and got a little momentum. Yeah, and they uh, they got uh, Alex Hatton back too, who, um, who'd missed the first 10 games of the season with an injury. And, um, you know, he came in his first three games. He's averaging 8.7. So that adds another weapon for them uh, on top of, you know, Luke Fawns, Brecken Decker, Dawson Gentry, and Trey Carroll. So, you know, they're they're now a complete team with, with him there and another weapon added. And, you know, that's a team I, I look for to continue to make strides off to a 9-4 and four start, doing pretty well. I just – it's just hard to know because of their schedule. I don't. I don't really know much yet. I mean, they played Bracken tight, a two point game in Brooksville, beat Paris by ten, beat Bourbon by twenty two, and then it's really just a bunch of teams that I know nothing about, other than Frederick Douglass, who they lost to by twenty two. So, you know, you look at Wellsprings Guardians. It's a homeschool out of Richmond, no clue. Powell County, no clue. Bluegrass United. They went on like a homeschools. School tour. <laughs> they played Wellsprings Guardians, Bluegrass United, and then you know a couple teams in Tennessee. So it's just I don't I don't know much yet, and I think you know we'll know a little bit more. They got it starts with uh, you know Lewis County tomorrow, and then Madison Central. It looks on Thursday, so uh, a couple good tests for them this week, and they play Paintsville. It looks at George Rogers Clark on Saturday. So well, uh, and um... as as the year goes on, we'll get a little bit more of a gauge on them on on kind of. It's just their schedule seems like it's been all over the place. Well, and I agree with that, but I can just – you know, I've only seen them play the game against Bracken. I went over to that game. Um, and I, But I was impressed. They got size. They got guard play. Um, mm-hmm. They got shooters. Um, obviously, they're in a tough district this year, but I do look for them to be the, uh, the team with GRC that comes out of that district to uh, make the regional tournament. Um, but, you know, even if they enter as a runner-up, I, I don't think I'd want to draw that team, you know, as a first-round opponent because they have a lot of the pieces. And they're still fairly young. I think Trey Carroll might be the only senior that plays or starts, isn't he? 
Uh, Seeding wise, um, let me double check here. You might not be able to check starters, but I know he. Uh, I think he's a senior for sure. Yeah, him and Hatton are, and uh, Hayden Stoll is as well. It looks like he gets quite a bit of run. And I just Corey Thompson. They do have a, they have three seniors that you know are 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 very much part of that rotation. I um, was impressed. I'm not gonna lie. I was impressed with you know them and what they did. You know, Bracken County can score the ball extremely well, and they held them to sixty. So I mean, yeah. And I think their size had a lot to do with that. But um, um, let's go. Um. I know Augusta didn't play any Christmas tournaments. I know they beat Carroll and St. Pat this past week. Um, now Bishop Rosser played in that Dan Swartz Classic, which is over at Bath County. And they opened up with a loss to Harlan, which, you know, we know from watching them the last two years against Bracken County, once in the All-A, then down in Pikeville, that Harlan, Harlan lost a cows for 30-plus a game and maybe better this year than what they were last year. Um then they went on to beat Lewis County and Berea to finish two and one. So it's they've won four out of their last five. Um, so maybe you know after that hot start, then a couple losses, Coach Franzen's got the Mustangs running again. Yeah, I mean they're sitting at nine and four with the All A coming up against Nicholas County, and you know the, the the Dan Swartz that bracket was funky. It seemed like all the really good teams were up top, and then Bath County was down there at the bottom, but. They ended up losing to Paris, so Paris had a good win. Who I put in my top ten this week for. I, I was I was going to say that, you know, because Bath County's good. I mean, Zach Otis is a bucket, um, and then Steve Wright coached him, who's we know what kind of success he's had, and um, that, I think Bath County was off to a hot start, and that's a real big win for Paris, and that was the win that kind of jumped them into the top ten for me. You know, yeah. they're sitting at six and eight right now. Yeah, Paris playing well. They're playing a lot better lately. You know, they've won um they won two or three there and lost two or three the week before. So they're I mean, they're right there. And they I mean they're six and eight and they got they got Bluegrass United coming up, then they got GRC, then they got Augusta at home in the all A, which I think that game could be closer. Than what people yeah, yeah. realize, Malachi Ashford's tough, and Harris, Harris always gives Augusta fits. Well, and I think Ashford and you know the matchup with him and Connor could really be dynamic. And then I think um, Paris is ultimately probably going to have the better athletes, so it's probably going to come down to you know if Augusta can knock down some perimeter shots. It seems like when they shoot the ball well from three, they do well, but when they struggle, you know, I know when I watched them play against Nichols County at home. They were like maybe three of 19 from three, and they beat Nicholas by six. So, yeah. um, back to Brossert, real, real quick on Brossert. Shout out to um, Mason Seapate 42 points against Bellevue. Um, the week before, now this, you know, the week before right. we have a podcast, he was three points off the uh, program record set by Carson Shermer a few years ago. He had 45 in a game, and Seapate had 40, 42. Well, um, I remember Carson Shermer really well. Oh, yeah. Really, really well. Yeah, he had 42, hit 16 of 26 from the field and 6 of 8 from 3. So, big night for him. And then also one other shout-out that we missed, um, Trent Edwards hit the 1,000-point career plateau. 
Yeah, I did miss that. I didn't see that. So congratulations to Trent as well. Yep. As Mason C. Paid. I, I coached against him last couple of years, and um, he can fill it up from the perimeter. So I'm not a bit shocked, but it seems like to me with Coach France and his style that he's opening up a little bit more. And, they're, you know, he's probably getting to showcase more of his game than, you know, I just looked at him as a knockdown shooter, a perimeter shooter. But um, I think when we talked to Coach France in a couple of weeks ago, he talked about how he was going to uh, open it up. So, also, shout out, to Coach, shout out to Coach Franz. And we had our most listeners of the year with him. And I think it was that story where uh, he calls Tom Izzo the number one recruit in the country. Gosh, I think yeah. that's the story that attracted <laughs> the listeners. But, yeah, shout out to Coach Franz. And, and their schedule kind of – they actually plan this out pretty well. I mean, they're already 13 games in. And, you know, you only get an allotment of 30 for the regular season. But – they get a week off, you know, and it leads into their all-A game with Paris on Saturday or with Nicholas County at Paris on Saturday. So I think that's that's huge for them where they get a week to prepare for that game. And, I mean, to be quite honest, you get past that one and you have St. Patrick in the semifinal or the St. Patrick Calvary winner in the semifinals. And no offense to either, but those two teams are a combined one and 19. So – you have to be feeling pretty good about yourself if you can get past Nicholas County and vice versa for Nicholas County. You know, and I kind of feel for Nicholas County. It seems like the last seven, eight years, they've drawn Bishop Rossert in the first round. Yeah, and like I think year. even um, – I think after the drawing, I think Coach Wright's even said, you know, what do I got to do to stay away from them? Because yeah. he um, seems like that his hand is attracted to that Bishop Rossert pill. But speaking of Nicholas County – they went down to the uh, Western Kentucky, I think the fourth region, to the Owensboro Health Holiday Classic. It was hosted by Grayson County, and they went one and two. They um, beat Bullet Central before losing to Grayson County, and then on the final day, they lost to Green County, coached by former tenth um, region guy Jordan Gilbert. And um, yeah. I'm sure it was nice for Jordan to see some familiar faces, you know, being as being that far away from home. But uh, you know. Coach Wright's, you know, those guys have played in a lot of close games. You know, I'm looking here and, you know, 61-59 lost to Paris. 63-60 lost to Nelson County. Uh, 61-54 lost to Augusta. You know, so I think there's going to come a time where, you know, all that, all those games that are really, really close is going to uh, start turning around in his favor and maybe help them win some close games. But, yeah, they got St. Pat here coming up tomorrow then they're off till they got Bishop Rossard in the All-A this weekend. Yeah, which, you know, very well could be, you know, between them and Brossard and Paris and Augusta, I think are your two marquee matchups in that first round of the uh, 10th region All-A. Um, but, yeah, back to Nicholas. I mean, they're sitting at uh, six and seven, so, you know, playing right around 500. And like you said, three or four of those games have – been within a possession or two so they're, they're there I mean they're close and I'm really curious to see how that game will, will play out on on Saturday um yeah I'm hoping um I might be able to get a chance to go over to Paris to watch some of those games I'd like to go uh we're off Saturday because we play Friday so I might do that um but um I'm looking through the teams here in the tent to see um checking out Bourbon County. They um, they played at a little classic in Sayre 
before Christmas. Uh, went one and one. BD's Carter lost to Casey County. Um, but um, this Thursday they got a game on against Scott County on Tuesday. Or yeah, Tuesday. But they will play Mercer County in the two A Classic on Thursday, and that's at Bourbon County. So, um, and after Mercer County, then they get into district play with GRC. So, um, the two A Classic coming up for them this week. So. Um, Bourbon County, like we talked about the last show, you know, after that last second win against Paris, they've went the totally opposite direction. The only win they've had is the 47-44 win over East Carter, um, losing five out of six since that last second win. And that sometimes takes the wind out of your sails when you put so much emotion into one game. and Plus, it's your county rival, you know, the in-town, you know, both schools in the same county. It does take a lot out of you. Yeah, it just seems like they're really struggling to score the basketball. They're only averaging about 51 a game and shooting 38% from the field, 28% from three, and 50% from the free throw line. Oof. That's tough, man. I mean, it's it's hard to win games that way, you know, unless you're going to grind out victories. But, you know, they're they're struggling to defend at, at times, too. So, Well, and I'm just looking they, at the they have, a, they have a break. You know, they, they had a long break to get in the gym. You know, that their last game was December 21st, so – you know, maybe a, a close to two week layoff will get some extra shots up for them, get their uh, get their feet back under them, and you know they can kind of get things turned around here in the second half of the season. Well, and um, the one thing uh, I was looking at for them is they also got six seniors on their roster. Mm-hmm. So um, next, you know, being Coach Robinson's first year this year, then looks like next year's going to be kind of a rebuilding year. Next year, he might get the opportunity to. Uh, kind of put his system into place. You know, I, he – one thing I've learned about, you know, at Pendleton County this year is we've got seven seniors on our roster. And instead of trying to teach them all new things because you've only got a season to do it, you almost kind of got to play, you know, kind of to what they know and how they've played because it's kind of hard to implement a full system um, when you only got one year with them. So yeah. – um We'll see probably more from Coach Robinson the next few years because he's got some young talent coming up. But um, with that being said, I mean, I don't – you know, I know Pendleton County had their classic, um, the Philip Wood Classic, a guy who's meant a lot to not only Pendleton County Athletics but also to the community. Um, Coach Ellsburn lost a rough one, um, 50-49 the second night to Thomas Nelson on the last second three. I think um, – Pendleton County was up two, and I think maybe three or four seconds left, and they inbounded it, and the guy hit a three at the buzzer. And, mm. you know, that just seems to be the way it's going for Coach Ellsworth right now. But, you know, hopefully, you know, he can turn that around. He's got Calvary Christian tomorrow, and then he goes to Scott on the sixth, so, um, which is Friday. So, um, got some 10th region games this week, and but maybe he can turn around for district play. That's a – that's a tough loss when you're, you know, one and nine and you got a chance to pull out a victory and the guy hit the last second shot. And, you know, it's just, that's tough. I feel yeah, for when you're searching When you're searching for that win, I mean, it's been, by that time, it had been a month since they had won you know, the, the season opener. You know, they came back and beat Ludlow in a good game, but looks like things will get maybe a little better for them come tomorrow. They got Calvary Christian, who, you know, is yet to win a game and the, the Cougars are struggling and, you know, Pendleton can hopefully uh, break the new year in with a win. Yeah, 
Um, I know uh, talking to Coach Ellsburn and seeing some of the players and guys and talking to them, you know, you can understand why it'd be frustrating. And um, they need a win and deserve a win. So hopefully, you know, my little Pendleton County bias will show through here, but hopefully they get that tomorrow. Here's um, a funny one for you. You're talking about seniors, and I'm not referencing any – no senior on this by any means, but it's funny when I I heard a coach one time, I won't name him because it's – I don't know. It's just, it's just funny, but – Right. You know, sometimes when you have a big group of seniors or, you know, you have some seniors and they say you get better by graduation. <laughs> so, uh, well, I've heard I've had coaches tell me everybody brings happiness, some by coming, others by leaving. <laughs> so it's kind of the same thing. Addition by subtraction, maybe. But um, that's and that's like me, you know, when they're senior night, they're like, oh, why don't you? Co-? I'm like, I'm, I'm just a reporter. I don't cover senior nights. The only thing I celebrate on senior night sometimes is when the parents graduate with them. <laughs> Because they're paying your ass. I can understand that as well. Uh, and that's you know, not all parents. I'm not calling No, 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 no. There's some that you're happy that you see their kids graduate. I'm sorry. But. Well, and then you got some of those parents that you're glad they have, you know, younger kids coming through the program because, you know, that they are good parents. They do help with booster stuff. They do, you know, support all kids on the team and things like that. So it's not all parents. You're exactly right. You know, <laughs> I've experienced the best of both worlds and, you know, as a coach, obviously we do, but um, as a media, you don't have to. So that's one of the perks of your job. But um, well, you'd be surprised. Well, I know you get a lot of DMs from parents and things. Why don't you do this? Why didn't you do that? But you at least don't even have to. You don't even have to reply. True. Very true. That, you know, but um, with that being said, you know, pretty well covers the 10th and what they've done, you know, the last couple of weeks because we took Christmas off. But um. You know, let's talk about the All-A a little bit, kind of give our predictions. Um, you know, I think, you know, we all – we probably are in agreement that it's um, – I don't know. Or maybe we're not in agreement. Let's start with um, the top game of the bracket, I think, which is on Friday night, which is Augusta and Paris, I believe. Um, who do you have winning that game? That's a tough one, man. I mean, it really is. <sighs> I just – I don't know about Augusta yet because you look at their schedule, Robertson County, St. Patrick twice. They beat Carroll Michigan, County. Beat Russell. They got, they got Carroll County on there. I mean, beat a 1-10 Greenwood team. Like Russell's probably their best win, and I don't know what right. Russell's done since. And I mean, Russell's okay. They're, you know, probably – honestly, they might be one of the top five teams in the 16th region, but that ain't saying much because that reach is down, real down. Boyd and Ashland are two good teams, don't get me wrong, but outside of that, there's just not much there. Um, I don't know. I, mean, I just don't know how battle tests they are. They do get Campbell on Wednesday, which I think will be a really good test leading into the All-A for them. So that'll be good. But, you know, Paris, is, Paris has played a much tougher schedule. You know, they've played Hazard. They've played North Harden. They've played Montgomery County. Um you know, and they beat a very good Bath County team, you know. Yeah. So they're, they they seem like they're playing better. Coach Ransom has them going. They're on home court. All right, I'll I'll pick Paris. I'm picking Paris. I'm, go- I'm going with the Panthers. Um, I just feel like um, the guys that are on this team have been a bucket or two away from a district. You know, you know, Mace came in the first round last year, had them down. Ten, I get it. They don't have Riley and Kaysom, but you know they still got Kylan, still got Connor Snap, still got LJ Connor. Um, I feel like um, Keaton Bach has knocked down some so- shots this year. 
Uh, Will does some good things, you know, passing the ball, rebounding. Um, the thing is, I don't know much about the depth that uh, Paris has. And, you know, I know Paris is a little bit more athletic, but um, I'm going with Augusta. Um, maybe it's my heart because they're my alma mater, but um, I definitely think uh, it'll be a lot closer game than what I initially thought it would be at the beginning of the season. Yeah, it'll be a good one. I think that's – I think that'll be your best first-round game, to be honest. Well, um, then we uh, – I will assume that we both agree Bracken advances over Robertson. Yeah, I don't um, think there's a need to really dig into that one too much. No, and I think uh, Brossard's going to advance over Nicholas. But I can tell you the best – being a competitive game or – Yeah, yeah, I think Nicholas has taken that step. I think they uh, they've got to – I think they've got the pieces too. They've got a legit score. They got a guy that can go get them a bucket. They got good size with uh, Preston Blake. Um, then you got Lincoln Morris, who's played high school basketball for at least five or six years now. I definitely think they're ready to take that next step. I just, um, I don't know. I just think Brossert, Brossert poses some matchup problems for him that may be the difference. But I definitely expect Coach Wright's his Blue Jackets to keep it close. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be a uh, be tight. I, I think last year Brosser shot out way ahead early, and Nichols was kind of playing catch up the whole game. They ended up getting maybe within six or seven, but just couldn't close it from there. And I just think Brosser's guards will give Wyatt Clark fits with how much length they can throw at him because they've got, I mean, a bunch of like six one, six two guards. And the one thing I've noticed about Wyatt Clark because I noticed it in Augusta, he's also a little unselfish. You know, there's times I felt like, you know, hey, you're the man, go be the man. But when he was getting double teamed or teams were running two at him, he finds the open man. He's a nice high school player, but I kind of agree with you with, you know, what you said about Jerome sometimes with, um, you know, Wyatt. But how can you fault a kid for making the right basketball play? You know, yeah. um, actually, this last game may be the game of the first round. Uh, St. Pat and Calvary um, may not be an exciting game, but uh, I think they're two teams that are both searching for a win, two teams that are going to play hard. And um, just by looking at scores, I think I'm probably going to pick Calvary to win that game. Um, I don't know much about any of the players that Coach Donaldson has, but I also know that um, – Coach Moore at St. Pat's playing a lot of younger kids, middle school kids, and um, I expect uh, Calvary just to be kind of the more physically tough and stronger team there that is going to pull out a victory. Yeah, that, that could be a game where first to 40 wins. Um, St. Patrick's coming in averaging 33.3 points per game. Uh, Calvary is averaging 28.2 points per game. So, I don't know. It would be tough, but I, I'm with you. I'll pick, I'll pick Calvary. And then uh, your semis, I mean, our top half would be a little different. I've got Paris versus Bracken. You've got Augusta versus Bracken round two there. Regardless, I think Bracken advances. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I'm going to get crazy or anything and, and say – and then I expect the finals on that 12th to be Bracken and Brossert because yeah. whoever wins between Brossert and Nicholas, 
I expect to win over St. Patrick Calvary. So, but even in the finals with Bracken and Brossard, I just, you know, I think Brossard's playing better. I think they're playing a different style with Coach Franz, and I just don't know if they got enough right now to stop Blake Reed, the scoring machine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, just too much firepower there. I do expect, though, um, Luke Schumacher from uh, Brossard to be kind of a load to handle in the post. He's not only kind of got some size, but he's also pretty strong. And um, we know Bracken, one of their weaknesses is their size. Although, you know, you got to give Alston Norton credit. He battles and bangs. And, you know, he may only be, what, 6'2", 6'3", but he battles the the biggest and toughest guys on the other team. And, you know, he's not by any means going to shy away, but I think Luke Schumacher can have some success on the interior. I just don't know if Brosser can, you know, stop Bracken from scoring enough. Yeah, I to- want to I wanna see what uh, what Brosser's guards do against Bracken's pressure because they're, they're going to bring that pressure. I mean, they're going to have to because they got to create turnovers to get some runouts and scoring transitions, so – well, and Bracken's guard plays so good, they mm-hmm. don't turn it over a lot. Right. Where I think it's going to be hard to force. How do Brossard's guards handle their pressure? Right. And I just, you know, the ball's in Caden or Blake's hands probably, what, 90% of the time, if not higher. And those two guys just don't turn it over a whole lot. Blake's either shooting or driving by his man, finishing at the rim, which some of those left-hand finishes he had it against Mason at Catholic was pretty impressive. And um, we know Caden's pretty strong with the ball. He don't turn it over. So, Brossard's got their hands full. And I think um, this is just, you know, kind of the first step in Coach Franzen's uh, tenure as the uh, Brossard coach. You know, gets them to the finals this year, then gets them, lets them have a little taste of them. We'll see what happens in the next few years. But um, I expect Bracken not only to win the uh, 10th region all A, but – I'm not going to be shocked if they don't make a run at the state all A, depending on who's, you know, who's in their bracket. Yeah, as you said that, I got the bracket pulled up. They'll play the 14th region. Uh, that would be their first game on uh, whoever wins the 10th region. It would be Who would Thursday. be the 14th region? Give me a team. Um, Let me look is, for you. Is Breath at County 14th? Oh, um, I don't think so. I think they're 13th, but let me double check. Because if it is well, Breath, that's, that's – Breath, that's, it's the 14th. Oh, they are? Oof. Yeah. Hazard. Is Hazard still all A? I don't think so. Well, let me see here. Let's see. You got yeah, they are. You got Hazard, Lee County, Breathitt, Jackson County, Wolf County, Knott County Central, Owsley County, Cordia, and uh Leslie County. So I'm not hundred percent Breath- sure who Breath should win that. Breath I will I will say this Breathitt County lost their coach. BB King this week to death. So anybody that knows the tenth re- or not tenth region, but KHSAA basketball has probably heard of BB King. And um, I saw we're on Twitter where he passed away this week. So um, tough, thoughts man. and prayers go out to Breathitt County and you know the mm-hmm. team and community as well as Coach King and his family. So um, it's always tough to bounce back and play after something like that happens. But um, you know, um, based on Based on RPI, Breathitt and Hazard are the top two teams in that region. Hazard's nine and two, Breathitt's seven and five. Um, Hazard's got a 0.63 RPI, um, which is higher than Bracken County's RPI right now. But 
Um, I don't know anything about Hazard, but I still expect Bracken County to, uh, you know, make a run if they if they can get out of the region. You know, their experience last year may help them a lot. Breathitt went deep last year. They made the final. Of the LA State? Yeah, they went all yeah. in the final and uh, lost to uh, – who did they lose? They lost to – yeah, they lost to Pikeville in the championship. And when I say Bracken can make a run, Pikeville's will have a say in that, you know. Right. And Breathitt, Harlan. Breathitt had a heck of a run. But, I mean, Breathitt beat Lyon, Holy Cross, Harlan, and then lost to Pikeville in the ship. Breathitt County was really nice last year, and their coach yeah. left to go to Leslie County. So, mm. um, Breathitt County got a really good transfer from Buckhorn, Christian Collins, last year that could really play. And um, Yeah, that's going to be a tough first-round game, whoever comes out. I'll tell you that yeah. much. And if you win that, you're playing probably the ninth region turn because the, the ninth and twelfth would then play – the is that Holy Cross? Cross? Yeah, it could be Holy Cross. I mean, heck, that the ninth region's loaded. You got Holy Cross, you got Newport, you got St. Henry, Beachwood. I mean, it's it won't be an easy walk in the park for Holy Cross, but I would say, yeah, they're the favorite. But you know, for the tenth, that's gonna be tough. I mean, if you beat Breath, it then boom, you turn right around and you got Holy Cross the next day. So um that's gonna be a right. tough bracket for the tenth. It'll be fun well, though. Um, do you think uh, Brosser can keep it close with Bracken? Absolutely. Yeah, I do too. Um, yeah, I think that's a game. I I just um, I think I think a lot of things will have to go Brosser's way, like you said, some turnovers creating some easy buckets. But uh, all right, top ten this week. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, I think it's your turn, right? All right. Um. I've got my top 10. I got GRC one, Mason two, Harrison three, Campbell four, Bracken five, Montgomery six, Brossard seven, Augusta eight, Paris nine, and Nicholas County 10. Who are you leaving out in that? Scott. Okay. I mean, three and 10, and I just. I'm not saying Scott couldn't beat some of these teams in the top ten, but based on things right now, the way the season's going, that's kind of what I based it on. Yeah, I went uh, – we're pretty close. I mean, GRC one, Mason two, Harrison three, Campbell four, Bracken five, Montgomery six, Rossert seven, Augusta eight. I put Scott nine and then Paris ten. It's and that's probably – you know, like I said, I think Scott could probably beat Paris and Nicholas. But, you know, just going by, you know, right now the way the teams are playing and not really taking into consideration who they're playing, um, I just feel like Paris, you know, like you said, that game against Bath County put them in my top ten. But um, I also feel like Nicholas County has played well. They're six and eight, I think, to start the season. Um, so I just put them there. But Scott was the one team I thought that probably – you know, could be in there. But um, the one thing I know about Coach Frohmeyer, you know, if he gets everybody back and healthy, they'll get it figured out. And could very we could very well see Scott in the regional tournament after a 3-10 and 10 start. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that's accurate. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, 10 through 12 is, is – is, or 9 through 12 is tough. Uh, you know, Brostert, Augusta, who's who's better there? I don't know. Um. I, I, and then again, I, it's just been the theme of 
you know, I think one through six are really solid, you know. And then you just kind of you go from there and maybe these teams will start proving us wrong here come January. Right. And, you know, we'll know more about Augusta when they play Campbell this week. And um, we'll learn more about Brosser and the LA because, you know, they're going to have to I think they're going to have to play against Nicholas County. And then, you know, the winner of that game gets St. Pat or Calvary. But, you know, eventually the winner of that game is also going to have to play somebody in the top half. So I think you get, you know, a better look at them or who they are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then you look at – yeah, I mean, these these next week or two, we're going to really get a good gauge. I think that's what's, what's, what's good is – you know, I love holiday tournaments. They're awesome. But a lot of them are you're, – you're playing against opponents across the state, out of state, around the state. And now you're uh, basically looking at – your region for the most well, part. Well, and also we know in January, that's when a lot of the, the district play happens. And that those district plays is when you really want to be at your best because for three out of the four districts, how you do against your district opponents is really going to, uh, I guess, set up your postseason. And, and if you're going to make a run, you kind of want to have kind of at your fingertips, you want to be in control of your own destiny. And so um, – you want to fight for that to get that number one seed to where you feel like you've got the best shot to win against the four. But, um, and, you know, for the most part, I think the districts are going to be really competitive other than, you know, no, no knock to Montgomery County, Bourbon or Paris, but I just don't see any of those three teams really pushing GRC if GRC comes ready to play. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be at the field house. So, you know, there's always fun there, and it's always a good tournament, no matter what. And, and I was about was, to say, really cool I, I was about to say, I, I was about to say, I'd see you there, but maybe. Well, maybe not. Well, the ninth usually is different schedule, where they're not on the same day. That's maybe true. The first round will be, but it all depends what the 37th district does, anyway. But if I'm free on a, on a night. Don't get me wrong. I'll be down there for sure. A lot of magical moments at the field house in the 10th region tournament. So yeah, man. That's, it's always that's one, one thing of those. I have noticed though, you know, with the 10th region is and where I'm at covering games now, like there's definitely a lot more passion in the 10th region because it's a lot of rural, rural county schools where, you know, everyone knows each other, you know, up here. And, and this isn't, this isn't a bad thing necessarily, but, in northern Kentucky, it's just a larger metropolitan area. There's maybe not as much of a sense of community pride where kids can go to really pretty much any school they want to. So, well, and then – but there's also, like, just look at Kenton, Boone. There's probably four, five, six high schools in each one. At least. You know? I, mean, I think I cover, like, 20 – there's, like, 21 high schools in the three counties, give or take, right around there. So, I don't know how you balance that out to where you got to see all 21. That'd be tough. Nah, you just cherry pick. I mean, there's going to be certain teams you just don't get a chance to go see. Right. You know, you pick you pick the games where you think people will have the most interest in. And that and makes I mean, sense. Wrong, cause, I mean, I'm a big fan of small schools. I love the all I think it's a great tournament. and You know, I love talking about it. I love the, the passion and the, the fans behind it because you go to those games and – 
you can really sense it there, uh, how much it means to these schools, because majority of these schools aren't going to have a chance come March. They just don't. No, and, you know? and very few all-A schools, you know, have had – I know Shelby Valley and um, when they had Elijah Justice, and I know Nicholas County girls back in the early 90s, you know, right. they won the all-A and the big state. So, I mean, few have done it, but, you know, if you're a small school – you, you know, you play for that all A if you want to represent your region at the state level because chances are you're not, you know, if you're going to win the region, you're going to have to beat two significantly larger schools to do that, and that's just not easy to do for a Class A school. I mean, even, you know, you do get your Cinderella seasons, like, you know, Bracken last year making the region final, Augusta in 2016 making the region final. Paris had those really good teams when they did win the All-A and then just couldn't seal the deal in the region tournaments but were in the conversation to win region and make it to Rupp. So it it's does just happen. Tough. But once you do get to that All-A state tournament, it's it really is a special experience. And I know we've, we've talked about it on here before, how you've gone as a coach and I've gone as a reporter and just how it's just a, a, a first-class – type event all the way around from from start to finish you walk in the building you feel like you're welcomed you know it's it's at EKU which is a great arena or a coliseum or whatever they call it now these days and you know it's just a great experience and it's it's something in January that gives you meaningful basketball where a lot of these other teams are taking 45 minute to an hour bus rides in 20 degree weather and it's a it's a game that doesn't necessarily maybe matter as much as is what an all-A game does. So I think it's a real neat experience, and it's a great opportunity for these smaller schools. I agree 100%. And, you know, a lot of people at the larger schools don't don't necessarily like it or don't understand it because they don't get the opportunity to experience it. But it's like, um, I you know, and I know this is what they were hoping for in the 2A to kind of, to kind of you know, kind of rival that. But, you know, I don't think the 2A ever really – kicked off or kind of got the momentum behind it that the All-A did. But, um, you know, we could talk about that stuff all night because there's a lot of different aspects or things that kind of play into that. But Yeah, I mean, I went to the 2A last year. And and Owensboro, is that when Mason went? Don't get me wrong, the inclement weather that night, getting ready to come in for the next day probably had a little bit to do with it. But it's really hard to convince people to drive to Owensboro for that. Really nice arena. The Owensboro Sports Center is really cool. It seats about 5,000. It's like a little tiny, really cool arena, but it's just tough. I mean, you, you're wanting people to drive four, five hours in mid-January for a two-way title, which right. I don't know. It's just tough to convince them to do that. It so, is, but. You know, and maybe it's a step toward classification, and I know a lot of people will never want to see that. And I just don't know if Kentucky's big enough to really class. And I've been a proponent of classing before, but after seeing the state tournament and the Sweet 16, and then you have the All-A, now you have the two-way. So it does give these other schools an opportunity to um, to really play for something too. Right, and, you know, I just because of the – Nicholas counties and Shelby valleys that have won both, you know, I, I wouldn't be for classification because I think when you do get those small schools that have those Cinderella years, it's a good feeling being that small school and knocking off a school that's 10 times your size or has 10 times the amount of students that your school does. But, you know, 
with that being said, any anything tonight? You got any coaches corner questions? Yeah, I do. Um, I didn't know if you were wanting to get to the Bengals game real quick. I just watched Joe Burrow throw a touchdown to Tyler Boyd, so we're good. It's a commercial <laughs> I like, now. I need like five more of those for my fantasy team because I'm down 20 and he's got Jamar Chase and I got Joe Burrow. So as long as he throws TDs to anybody but but Chase, I'm in good shape. So we'll see. <laughs> well, the, the, the drive got started. He had a bomb to Chase and, and Chase is open, but the guy held him, so they called pass interference. So, All right. so you want that on every play? Keep holding them. <laughs> um, this one kind of, I don't know, it might take some thought. I probably should have asked you maybe this one before um, we do our little coach's corner segment. But what's the oddest game you've ever, like, coached in? Can you recall, like, a game where it's just like, man, this game was just weird from the jump? Maybe something that happened before, maybe something that happened after or during the game. Like, is there was there a game where you're like, this is the weirdest game I've ever been a part of? Yeah, but um... – it's for an unfortunate reason. Um, when I coached Bracken Kennedy girls, um, Kennedy Carl's father was killed in a tragic accident um, at work the night we won the All A against. Um, I think we beat all. We beat Brosford at Robertson County in the All A, and then that happened. And then we had to go to Montgomery County, and like when we got off the bus. Like news cameras were in our faces and wanted to talk to her, ask her questions. And it was just an unfortunate event. And I remember, you know, the news covering that game. And I just remember when she checked out, she gave me the biggest hug. And um, I'll never forget it. It was on the news and um, just, you know, her thanking me. And, you know, and I'm sitting there, you know, I was the one that kind of said, you don't need, you know, if you don't want to play, don't play. You know, this is a situation to where, it's so like, no, my dad would want me to play. And and I totally understood her thinking, but it was just it was just emotional. It was just so emotional that I don't even remember what went on in the game. The only mm. thing I wanted was the best for her, you know, to make her comfortable, to make, you know, and I think she wanted to play basketball to kind of get her mind off of it. But it was just – and I wouldn't say odd or weird. It was just one of those things that that, you know, you didn't expect. And then you have to go through with it. And then just everywhere she walked or I walked and cameras in her face. And it was just, it was just an unfortunate, tragic event that just probably one I'll never forget. Yeah, it's tough. That's a it was way. tough. Just, man. And she handled it like a champ. I, I don't know if you covered the 10th when Kennedy played, but she was a fighter. Yeah. She was a competitor. Tail end of her career. I think it was maybe her junior, senior, last year or two. So the girl played. Yeah. yeah, Nice player. And then I remember like maybe a month or a week after that, um, we were playing at home against Bourbon County and she went down the lane to shoot a floater. And when she landed, you heard a pop and it was almost like a gunshot. And Mm -hmm. she fractured her leg. And, um, but, you know, the one, the, the, the thing that, that sticks out to me about that too, as well is, um, you know, she was a big Louisville fan and Jeff walls reached out to us and texted oh, wow. me and invited us to a game. And we went to the yum center. Um, they let, uh, Kennedy be a part of their pregame. She was in the locker room with the players and 
you know, she we I was in there with her. We got to hear the pregame talk, the message to his players, and they all came over and spoke and said something to her because this girl probably had the most unfortunate two weeks of any student athlete that I've ever been around. But she handled handled it all with just the utmost class and professionalism and and you know she she's just a strong individual still still that way as today she's just a strong strong individual yeah hats off to her man that's a tough yeah as it was tough um all uh another one that maybe puts you on the spot but uh I, you know fantasy basketball it's obviously not as big as as fantasy football but who would maybe be your starting five for fantasy basketball in the tenth region? Oh shoot, that's a good, real good question. <laughs> um, is that one you want to sit on and maybe get back to me next week? No, okay. I'm going. Caden Reed mm. at the point. That's good. Blake Reed at the two. Jerome Morton at the three. Um, may go Luke Fonz at the four and Trent Edwards at the five, but um, it's hard. Let no, let me do this. I want to go Aiden Hamilton at the three, move Jerome Morton to the four, go small, then Trent Edwards at the five. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many good players in the tenth, man. I gotta have Caden Custard in there because just the all around stats, and I gotta have Terrell Henry too. Yeah, see that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Terrell yeah. Henry's probably the as uh, a rock, but where do you, and Caden Custard's good, and he does he's a stat filler. That's what a, I want though. That's five. what you want for fantasy stats. It's not just about points because you get more points like for rebounds and. Blocks. I get that, but. But Caden fills up a stat sheet too, and I feel like oh yeah, I think you know, Caden Reed, Caden Custard, they're both point guards. Yeah, no, that's that's true. That's a tough call. But Terrell it's, Henry it's, would probably be the right answer to. Th- and the best part about that is it's not just a starting five. I mean, you right. have like an eight or ten man roster with a couple reserves. So, and that's the thing though, and people don't realize when these coaches will have to vote for all region, it's gonna yeah. be tough. If people they're are still gonna- listening, feel free to. Send us your uh, all fantasy teams. It doesn't have to be just a starting five. Give us maybe your top six or eight. And I'm not yeah. talking about the best players because I think guys that fill the stat sheets, you know, are, are just as important players. Um, That's true. Know. So that'd be that'd be kind of interesting. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, guys out there listening, DM me or Evan and send us your tenth uh, region top seven. Fantasy basketball starters. That that's or fantasy basketball team. That's a real good one. I like that. And if I had time to think, I probably would have said Terrell. Well, you can. But next, I'm week. gonna think about this week, and I'll come back. Yeah, if you do have one, and then uh, one more. Um, how how much do you buy in to coaches saying we don't care about rankings? That's a lie. <laughs> it's a lie. I've said it. I've said. I've said. I've said. You know, if the rankings are where, if if they rank your team or player really high, then rankings are important. 
if they rank your players or teams where you don't think they should be in a really low, you think, oh, rankings aren't important. They don't mean nothing. Well, if they didn't mean nothing, people wouldn't constantly get pissed off about them. Well, that and I just think coaches will say that and then they'll turn around right into their locker room five minutes later and say, hey, these guys have us here, guys. Look at that. I've definitely used it as motivation this year as girls because if you look on our locker room door, we had the 10th region cat's paws put on our locker room door because they had Brossard and Mason ahead of us. And we took that kind of personal because we thought we should have been ahead of them. And and I told the girls, I was like, look, when you go out and play them, if you don't take care of business, then the rankings were right. And beat both of them, right? Yeah, yeah, but then Scott was like number nine, and then Scott beat us, which – I'm not so sure when those rankings came out that they knew Scott had two transfers as good as they are. They got a girl from Holy Cross that's really good. Scott's tough, man. They're yeah, they good. got they got a nice girls team, and I really like their coach. Uh, Pouncey does a remarkable job. Yeah, really good coach. I didn't get a coach against them because I had the flu, but um, I've talked to him several times, and I'm impressed. And I think he's going to do good things down there. Yeah, I'm going to try but and catch them here soon. I think when coaches say that rankings don't mean nothing, I think they're lying. And I think yeah. it's because their team or player wasn't ranked where they thought they should be. I mean, I think that's 90% true. I think there maybe there are those 10% that do a good job of, you know, ignoring all that somehow and and not relaying it to their team. But I think it can work both ways, like you said, where you can use it as motivation for your kids. Because don't get me wrong, those kids are looking at those rankings and they're eyeing it down. And that's one of the And that's one of the downfalls of social media. And I'll be honest with you. The KHSAA, you know, Ryherd scoreboard is as good as any states in the United States. You can go find any stat you want. You can find anything. And kids look at all that stuff. You know, they they have access to it now. But And I'm speaking for mine. I don't know how many times I've said such like, all oh, these rankings don't mean nothing. And that's because I wasn't ranked. Then when I'm ranked second, third, fourth, fifth, I'm like, yeah, it's about right. It's about right. And then, you know, when you're not ranked, you go in there to your teams like, look, girls, them rankings don't mean nothing. Not a single person that picked these rankings have seen you play. Yeah. You know, if you want to be ranked, then go out and just, you know, play like you deserve to be ranked. But I just, I think rankings are good talking points. It's good to keep people interested. But um, in all honesty, they probably don't mean a whole lot. The, ranking, like- the rankings that you pick now aren't going to determine who wins the district, region, or state. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I, I personally like doing like a statewide one because it keeps me knowledgeable about the state. I keep up on teams. Um, and that's probably that's the one area I wish I did more. Um, I know the top five or six teams in the state, but I couldn't tell you much past that. Yeah. So, well – Everybody, please send in your uh, fantasy teams. DM them to me or Evan because I am curious on uh, what people think. So uh, um, if we don't get many, maybe we need to do the coaches' corners first while they still listen. And then uh, – because I think this is a good topic for conversation right here. But um, I hope everybody out there has a great new year. Um, Stay safe, stay warm, stay healthy, and stay hot.